Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. So today we're going to share with you, uh, I was going to talk about um, imagination in light of our series uh, on dreams, kingdom dreams, but we decided to follow the leadership of the Lord like we do every week. And let me know that um, I'm just, I just work here and, and Jesus is the head of the church. And so we, we believe that the Lord is directing us. That's part of the dream series, but it's, 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 it's going to also, it can stand on its own. And I, I believe that this will minister to you as we focus on this. So, Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to speak to your people. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to think to my mind, speak to my lips. I thank you that you and I together can fulfill the will of the Father. May Jesus be glorified in everything that's said and done here. Thank you, Lord. I connect my tongue to my spirit. Thank you that you give me a tongue of a pen of a ready writer that I may speak to a word, speak a word to them that are weary. I thank you that today that faith will rise in the hearts and the, and the minds of your people that will step out and believe you for the impossible. You're the God of the impossible. And I thank you for doing that very thing. Grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, <laughs> that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints? What is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe? I give your name, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So um, what, what, I, what I got in my heart as it relates to today's um, focus, it's about... Um, let me just ask you a question. How many of y'all need miracles? Right now, you need a miracle. Raise your hand. Hi, let me see your, your hand if you need a miracle. So the Lord ministered to me, and he, he said that um, I, I want you to speak about miracles, uh, impeccable faith for miracles, impeccable faith for mir miracles. And I, I believe that it will minister to you in light of the dream series that we're talking about. We're talking about dreams. But I do believe that the Lord dealt with me about that People need miracles, and they need to have faith for miracles. So the title of this is Impeccable Faith for Miracles. And the word impeccable means um, faultless or without error. So Paul talks about having unfeigned faith, un, um, faith that has not been tainted by, it's not fake, it's real. And I, I, I want to talk about the purest form of faith for the impossible. Amen. A uh, miracle simply is an event that is contrary to the established laws of nat nature attributed to a supernatural cause. It's where God, the supernatural intervenes on the natural level. Uh, C.S. Lewis has a book that I wrote, I read many years ago when I was in high school called Miracles. C.S. Lewis Miracles, really good book. Um, and it, it deals with what a miracle is and how do we know it's a miracle. Sometimes we call healing Miracles, but miracles are something that is creative, it's, it's in nature. If you think about somebody who perhaps um, is deaf in an ear, 
and they cannot hear. It takes a creative miracle to form some type of hearing. Or let's say there is um, infections or perhaps there's a tooth missing and God creates a, a tooth. Or perhaps there's a leg that's one leg is shorter than the other and God grows the leg out. Um, that's a miracle. Um, and, and these are things that I've all, I, all these things I'm sharing right now, I, I've seen it and, and the Lord has used me into some measure with that. Um, there was one lady I was um, taking, I was a transporter for a few years at a hospital and the lady, she was on dialysis. Anything about dialysis, it, it, um, one of you, it's really functioned as your kidneys and one of the kidney has stopped functioning the way that it should. And I was taking her down to dialysis and her kidney, uh, I, I said, well, ma'am, can I pray for you? And she said, sure. And so I prayed and um, I commanded her kidney to, to function. Well, right then and there, you, we didn't see anything. There was nothing that you saw. But she went, um, I took her to dialysis and I went about my busy day praying in the spirit under my breath or trying to witness and two days later, she, her kidney kicked in and her kidney started functioning. And so she called the church that I was at that, at the time and said, hey, there was a, a black, young black man who prayed for me and my kidney started working after he prayed two days later. How many know that's a miracle? Amen. Amen. And so um, there was one guy, um, I, was, I had a prison ministry, me and my friend Brad, Pastor Brad, well, he was a pastor, um, and the guy was shot behind his ear seven times, and he was deaf, and I laid hands on him and commanded his ear to open, and God opened his ear. That's a miracle, right? He was deaf, and so God is a God of miracles, and perhaps you don't have that particular need today. Perhaps it's a financial need. And you need, you know, you, you're working and you're doing all that you know how to do, but you need a miracle. You need a financial breakthrough. You need supernatural money, um, the supernatural provision of God. Yeah. Not supernatural money, but supernatural provision of God. You need God to come in and to change some things yeah. to, to, you know, may, maybe where, the, where your job is, there's no overtime and God creates some opportunities for open, overtime. Perhaps there's a promotion or a raise or bonuses or something. You need something to happen to, to, for your provision. Or perhaps you, you're in a place where you're struggling with depression and you need the supernatural <laughs> deliverance power of God to come in and give you that peace. Whatever it may be, you need the supernatural involvement in your natural, the laws of nat uh, in the natural, amen? And so today we're going to talk about impeccable faith for miracles, amen. for miracles. Um, <laughs> I think we have relied too much on the natural. We, 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 and you, you need to work. Everybody say, I need to work. Need to work. So we, we, we rely too much on our jobs as the only way in which God can provide. Right. How many know that God has more ways to provide for us than we have need of that provision? Yeah. God has more ways to heal our bodies than we have ways to have a natural remedy or even some help from the medical field. God has more ways to heal your body than you have need of your body to be healed. 
There are many ways that God can provide for you supernaturally beyond <laughs> your job. He, he, there's many ways, and, and we, we are not to, to be limited or limit him from providing. I think that there's a scripture in, in Psalms. It talks about how the children of Israel limited the Holy One of Israel. We can limit God by our disobedience. We can limit God by our doubt and fear. So God has ways to provide the miracle, um, even as, as we look at some different ways in which he has done through scriptures. God is a God of miracles. Everybody say, God is a God of miracles. God wants to blow our minds. He wants to do something that we've never seen before. And I think that sometimes we think that we're bothering God when we go to believe him for miracles. Whether for our dreams to come to pass. We've been talking about dreams, the God-sized dreams, and how really a God-given dream it involves God's involvement, that we need God to get involved. God wants to get involved in our lives. He wants to do the impossible in our lives. He specializes on miracles. He, there's no other God like the God of the Bible that wants to do miracles. He wants to perform things right now, even in your bodies. He wants to create where there is, perhaps you have arthritis. Perhaps you have something going on in your body. He wants to do the impossible. He's more willing to do it than you are willing to believe for it. And I want to encourage you today. I, I, want, to, I, want, I want to uh, um, exhort you today that God wants to do the impossible for you. So I'm going to give you some scriptures that you're familiar with and perhaps some scriptures that you're not, but we're going to focus on this and this is connected to your dreams, that God is a God of dreams and that he wants to bring our dreams to pass. Glory to God. It is a great miracle for dreams to come to pass, that God will put something in your heart and turn around and bring it to pass. <laughs> and if you could do it, it's a little dream. But if it requires God, it's going to take a miracle for God to do it. Amen. Perhaps you have a dream of a school and you want a school to, to, to bless a bunch of people. And perhaps you want everybody to go to school for free in your school. How many know it takes a miracle? <laughs> it takes a miracle to change a, a, a nation and change the world. I, 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 I declare that we are world changers. That we're changing the world for the glory of God. It takes a miracle for this world to change. And so God is a God of miracles. He's the God of the impossible. And so as we, I'm going to give you um, five, five tools or five major things that you need for you to have faith for the impossible. Faith for miracles. But before I do that, we're going to go over some passages of scriptures that you're familiar with. Go with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. When you got to say amen. Genesis chapter 18. You should get there quicker if you're using a smartphone or your um, um, e-book, e-Bible. Because you could just type it in. Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. Let's look at verse 14. Now, this is a, a passage of scripture that God is speaking um, to, to Abraham and Sarah. Verse, verse 14 says, is anything too hard? Let's look at verse 13. Uh, let's look at verse 12. 
Oh, let's look at verse 11. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old. Everybody say old. old. All right. Advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself. Now, God had given them promise that she's going to have a baby. And, and, and this is what Sarah said to herself. After I am worn out, my Lord is old. Shall I have pleasure? <laughs> like, I'm too old. <laughs> and the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? How I many know that this, this, is, this is a miracle? Like, she's beyond childbearing years. And yet the Lord promised yeah. that she was going to have a baby, a son. And he says, verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? And at the appointed time, I will return to you. And about this time next year, Sarah shall have a son. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I think we think that it's, things are too hard for him. I think that our, our hardest situation is easy for the Lord. We think it's too hard. You know why? Because we've been looking at how hard it is instead of how powerful God is and how mighty God is. God is more willing to perform the miracle than we are willing to believe him for it. Think about the person that you think is the hardest to reach and yet the gospel is able to reach them. We think that the greatest miracle is for a person to be born again, for a person, for God to change their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. That's the greatest miracle. And how shall he who spurred not his only son, only son for our salvation shall give us all things that we need. God is able and willing. I do believe that we think that God is able, but I think we don't have faith in his willingness. That he wants to perform miracles. If we don't talk about it, it won't happen. If we don't believe for it, it won't happen. I'm telling you, we got to talk about miracles. We got to believe for miracles. We got to see miracles in manifestations. Amen. God wants to perform miracles in our lives. And I would even dare to say that he wants to do it every day. That he wants to do every day. He wants to do miracles every single day of our lives. I'm telling you, we need miracles now. We don't need it when we get to heaven because we're in his presence. I'm telling you, you, you get. I want to stir you up this morning. That God is a God wants to perform miracles in your life today. He wants to do the impossible. You got a financial need? There's nothing too hard for God. You got a child that's out of, out, out, out of his way or her way and you need God to reach them? There's nothing too impossible, impossible with God. God wants to do the miraculous. He wants to provide that favor where there was been, there's been much hatred. Now he wants to give you some favor. Where there's doors been closed, he wants to open some doors supernaturally. We don't believe him for that. So let's turn on the switch of faith and let's get our eyes on the God who does the miraculous. The God who raised Christ from the dead can raise us out of our de depression and out of our broken dreams. He can restore dreams. He can restore marriages. He can restore our children. He can restore our grandchildren. He can do the impossible. He can deliver us from the ungodly habits that we have. He can open doors and, and give us jobs that we didn't qualify for. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm telling you, God wants to do the impossible. He's a God of the miraculous. Go to Jeremiah 32. Jeremiah 32. 
Jeremiah 32, if he provided salvation for us, surely he can provide a provision for our bills. Amen. He can get us out of debt quickly. Quick, did you did you just hear that? Quickly. He can get you out of debt quickly. It won't it what what naturally would take us years, he can do it within a matter of months, a matter of moments. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is a God that focuses, he specializes on the miraculous. And I think that we have uh, we have shortchanged ourselves in believing that because what things are, we just settle for those things. But if we get our eyes on the God who raised Christ from the dead, he can raise us up out of our depression and out, out of our, our low self-esteem, out of our, our, our debt and out of our sickness and disease. Glory to God. Jer- Jeremiah 32, Jeremiah 32, let's look at verse 27. Jeremiah 32, verse 27 Behold, I am the Lord, the God of what? All flesh. So if you got flesh, and everybody in here got flesh, right? Are you are you illegal to be in here if you don't have flesh? <laughs> All right. You, if you are in here and you don't have flesh, you are. It's illegal for you to be here. I'm talking to even any, any evil spirits. If you don't have flesh, you you can't be in here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It says, um, let's look at this again, verse um, 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is, is anything, come on, say it, too, too hard for me? I, I believe the Lord likes a challenge. He likes a challenge. You got a hard situation, it's nothing for God. I mean, he, 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 he delights. He says, I want to show my power. I want to show off my glory in your hard situation. Let, let God be God. Let him display his muscle. You, you know, you know that, that sometimes people like to flex, but God likes to flex. He, he likes to show out. He said, oh, you know what? I, I'm going to do something so big and so, so, so mind-blowing that you, you can't but give me glory. You can't but help but give me glory. God wants to flex his self on your situation. He wants to throw his glory on your situation. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Go to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. This was stirred up in my heart, and it was like the Lord saying, uh, the people at KLM, they need miracles. And so you need to encourage their faith this morning for some miracles, for the impossible. If you don't hear it, you don't have faith for it. If you don't have faith for it, you won't see it. Amen? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I want you to hear the word behind the word. I want you to grab hold of that. The spirit of faith is on this. And if you'll grab hold of it, you'll start seeing miracles this day. Amen. Jeremiah, I mean, Matthew, Matthew chapter 19, Matthew chapter 19. Glory to God. Matthew chapter 19. And I want you to look at verse 26, verse 26. And it says this, but Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Everybody say, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. He's talking about, or Peter got up and he says, you know, how can a rich person enter to the kingdom of God? What's, imp- what's impossible with man is possible with God. Think about your impossible situation. How do I get out of this situation? The God of miracles. Glory to God. Glory to God. Go to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. 
Mark chapter 10. Thank you, Lord. Mark chapter 10. Let's look at verse 27. Verse 27. And Jesus looked at them. This is the same account. And said, with man, it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. With God. So without him, it's impossible. But with him, it's, it's possible. And the thing about it, we got to get with him. Get with him so that it can be impossible. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. It says this again. For nothing will be impossible with God. With God. With God. Nothing shall be impossible with God. Glory to God. Let's look at something in, in Joshua. Joshua chapter 6. This is a familiar story for those who didn't know. God instructed Joshua to walk around the wall of Jericho. Joshua chapter 6. And let's take a look at this. Joshua chapter 6. And at verse 1. It says this, now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said, everybody say, the Lord said, the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand and with this king and mighty men of valor. So we see here that even though the Lord had given him the city, it was not possible for him to have it naturally. There's some things that God has given us, but we have not obtained it or, walk, or walking in it, and it, it seems impossible. It goes on, verse 2, or verse 3, and says this, And you shall march around the city, and all the men of war going around the city once, and then shall you do for six days. And it goes on, Seven priests shall, pr shall bear seven trump trumpets of rams, horns, before the ark, and on the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a loud, long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up, and everyone straight before him. And it goes on, jump down to verse 20. So the people shouted, and the trumpets were blown. As, as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went in, went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. So it was through Joshua's obedience and him hearing from God that he was able to experience that miracle. Now today, what people try to do is they try to get the ram's horn right now and blow it. And they try to imitate with something that was spoken to Joshua. Therefore, nothing is happening. I've seen services where they're blowing the little ram, the ram's horns and they're walking around and had us, I mean, being a kid, walking around the building. Walk, I'm like, why, why are we walking around? And they shout and nothing happened. You cannot get a miracle based on the instructions of somebody else. You got to hear from God yourself. I cannot do what you did to get the miracle. I got to do what he telling me to do. And there's sometimes people have imitated somebody's behavior and obedience and have really missed out. So God told, so, you know, I remember time God told Kenneth Copeland to give his plane away and he gave it away. And the Lord blessed him with a couple more. And somebody else did it and they were without a plane. <laughs> You can't do what other people are doing. 
You got to do what the Lord tells you to do. And in Psalm 32, verse 80 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. And I will guide you with my eye. So you can't do what God is telling other people to do. So be very careful if somebody giving you a word or somebody giving you instructions that this is what I did to get my miracle. Well, that's what you did. I fasted 40 days and I, and, and, and I prayed eight hours a day in tongues and I got free. Okay, praise the Lord. But what if God tells me, you know, this is what you need to do. So we got to do what God tells us to do. Amen. And I think that it's been much damage done to the body of Christ because people are trying to do what other people were instructed to do. And not what you're told. Glory to God. Many, many miracles, as I study the scriptures, are connected to the Spirit's leading and people's obedience. It is not necessarily a formula. If you do X, Y, and Z, then this will happen. That's not always the case. I, I, I believe that we have missed it in, the air, in these areas. Go to one scripture before we go to John 10. It's Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. And I quoted this last, probably last five sermons. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. And this is Jesus saying, speaking um, to the, the boy with uh, unclean spirit. I mean, speaking to his father. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. He says, and Jesus said to him, if you can... All things are possible for the one who believes. Now, we just went through a lot of scriptures talking about how all things are impossible. What's impossible with man is possible with God. But here Jesus is saying, if you can, in other words, if you can believe for it, you can experience the miraculous power of God, the impossibility. Amen? If you can believe for it, that, that throws it a whole lot more on us than on God. What we, and I've said this earlier, well, some of us have left up to God what God has left up to us. I want to be free, but what are you doing to position yourself to be free? I want to be healed. I want to be prosperous. I want the wisdom. I want the direction. What are you doing, naturally speaking? Amen. Let's go to John 10. This is my last passage. John chapter 10. Excuse me, John chapter 2. John chapter 2. Let's start with verse 1. We're talking about Impeccable faith for miracles. God wants to perform miracles in your life today. I'm not, now, now let, let me just make a disclaimer. Sometimes when you give people the, the factors or the, the truths or the tools to provide, provide, to receive the miracle, they try to apply it when it comes to other people. We're limited to what other people, what, what, how you can use your faith for other people. For your kids, absolutely, to a certain age. Um, for loved ones, to a certain extent. But I'm talking about you receiving the miracle. Yeah. Are, are you with me? Yeah. You cannot apply the faith graces for others when they're not applying it for themselves. So, so what people have failed is like, you know, we believe in healing. We believe in deliverance. So they say, why don't you go and, and, and um, empty out the hospital? Well, it's a whole lot of other things, other factors, right? I, I can't just apply my faith for everybody. I've seen God move with unbelievers more in, in miraculous areas because they don't have faith for it. Or baby Christians. I've seen where I, I can pray for somebody and, and, and they have little or no faith. And God will do it because they're babes. But when it comes to people who've been in church for a significant amount of time, God expects you to use your faith. 
You cannot apply faith. It's just like saying, okay, you know, you, you pro, God's prospering you and giving you wisdom and giving you guidance, and you, you send God moving your finances. Then you go and, and you try to tell other people how to do what you're doing. And if they don't do it, guess what? They're not going to see the same results. I have tried to carry sometimes my family into areas where God wants more for you. God has better for you. But if they don't see it, I can't stay there. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you with me? I can't, I can't try to use all my faith and energy to get them to a place where I want them to be. You know, there's more to life than just renting. There's more to ha- life than just having, a, you know, a house and a mortgage for the next 30 years. And if they can't see beyond that, there's nothing I can do about that. I can preach to them. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You preach to them, say, hey, look, there's a better way. Come on, there's a better way. There's more to this life than working your nine to five. But if they don't apply the principles of God, then they'll never experience more. Some people have never left outside of where they were born. Never seen, moved outside of the state or ever left the state. They've been in Jersey all their lives. And that's all they ever know. Jersey. Oh, man, this is the will of God. There's more to life than Jersey. Amen. There's more to life than the East Coast. There's more to life than the United States. There's more to life than North America. Come on. God, God is a God of the world. There, there's some things he want to take you on some trips that you have never been to. He want to expose you to some cultures that you never know, allow you to eat some food that you never had before. I'm telling you, there, God is a big God. Amen. Amen. Sometimes people are so small-minded, they're stuck. Can't move, can't think beyond their life. But all you've been exposed to is all you've been exposed to. But there's so much more. There's so much more. Amen. I told the story when I was in Qatar. I saw that shower, two showers. I was like, man, I've never seen this in my life. I grew up in a bath where, where there was bathtubs. Didn't know I had, you know, it was like the middle class people had the showers. I had the bathtub. I can't even think about taking a bath now. The same dirt on your body and you soaking in it and think you wash it. Like, what was that? <laughs> Am I doing that wrong? Maybe. <laughs> Just, and you have the comet, the little comet thing and you clean it. And this is poverty. <laughs> There's more. And when, when I remember when I first got married, I told Courtney, I said, with no non-brand cereals in this house, in Jesus' name, I've had all shot right brand. No, that's the devil. I mean, I wanted the Fruit Loops and Captain Crunch. <laughs> I want the name brand. <laughs> but then, you know, as you get exposed, you're like, wait a minute, this is junk. <laughs> There's some more. There's some real cereal. Trader Joe's, $8 for a box. What? <laughs> Me paying $8 for a box of cereal is <laughs> more nutrition for it, right? right. Like, at, least they, at least they say that, right? <laughs> There's more to life than eating cereal. There's some steak. <laughs> I'm telling you, um, Cordy uh, had a steak the other night. Um, she went to uh, some kind of um, something with her job, and, and the steak was $65. A 65 She gave me a piece of it. I was like, my God, that's better than any kind of steak. Like, um, what's that? Um, um, Cracker Barrel steak. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, that's a real steak. $65 steak. That was good. And some of y'all were like, man, that's... I remember um, there was a young man who used to come to our church, and he told me about a, a cheesesteak, and the cheesesteak was $300 from Philly. A $300 cheesesteak. And, and then I was like, I can't, can't, I can't imagine eating a cheesesteak for $300. And he had it. He said, it was good. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's more. There's more, amen? 
So John chapter 2, let's look at this, verse 1. Now on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now sometimes people get deep and say, on the third day, all right? No, it's just the third day. It's just the third day. Sometimes people read more into it, on the third, and they go, on the third day, the third day God's going to bless you. No, no, that's not what it's talking about, right? Hermeneutics 101, I mean, basic translation, uh, interpretation of scripture. That, it's just the third day. That's all it is. Somebody got revelation on the third day, and then they go to Hosea on the third day of a visit, and Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. So we're in the third day generation, <laughs> dispensation. I mean, they made a whole doctrine out of that. Uh, there's miracles on the third day. No, no, because it can be miracles on the second day. <laughs> on the first day, October the 1st. Amen. Amen. Verse 2. And Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. And when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. I was like, man, Jesus is gangster with his mom. He's like, woman, what you want me to do about it? Uh, verse 5. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now there was six stone there, there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites for pur of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some, of, some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. And when the master of the feast tasted the water now, be, the water now became wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. And the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. When people had drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. And this is the first of his signs or miracles. And Jesus did in Cana, Cana in Galilee and manifested in his glory. And his disciples believed in, in him. And after this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. So we see here, look at verse five. His mother said to the servants, servants, do whatever he tells you. That is the major key for your miracle. Amen. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. That's where your miracle is. Amen. So let me give you these five things. So the, oh, your obedience, obedience is the number one. John 10, 2 and 5. Your obedience is the major key to your miracle. Perhaps he's already told you what to do and you're missing out on your miracles. What did he tell you to do? What was the last thing that the spirit of God came to you and spoke to you? and you're still not doing it. Delayed obedience is really disobedience. Partial obedience is really disobedience. So go back and discover, rediscover what the Lord told you to do. What did he tell you to do by, your, by his spirit? In prayer, what did he tell you to do? That is the key for your miracles. We got the word of God, and we have the spirit of God. And so the Spirit of God will lead us and guide us in line with the Word. So find out what the Word says and do it and find out what He says in prayer by His Spirit. 
The Spirit of God. The problem is, my dad used to say this all the time, the problem is, it's not that God is not speaking, it's that we don't want to hear what he has to say. I believe that God speaks more than we want to hear him. I don't believe that he's a God that doesn't speak. And it's act like, we act like, you know, he only speaks to us every once in a while. But he's a God, he's a speaking God. And he has spoken to, and when I talk about speaking, it's not that you hear an audible voice. He speaks to our spirit, man. What has he said on down on the inside of you? If you ask the Holy Spirit, he'll bring it to your remembrance. Supernatural recall. What did he tell you to do? What did he tell, what did he tell you not to do? What is the Spirit of God reminding you of? Go back to that, and you'll find your miracle. You'll find in your obedience, what did Mary say to the servants? Whatever he tells you to do it. What did he tell you about your kids? What did he tell you about your your careers? What did he tell you about your church? What did he tell you to do? I'll never forget this young man who, who was coming to church. He was never became a member, and he was coming to church on a regular basis. And he said, the Lord told me to support you financially every single month. I think he gave me a number, $100. I think he gave one time. <laughs> and that was it. A lot of people, the Lord told me, you know, to do this. The Lord said to do this. And I just listened to it. If the Lord told you to do it, then do it. All right. Either he told you or he didn't tell you. I don't think it's a matter of whether or not he's hearing for us. Sometimes we just don't want to hear what he has to say because he's not always going to tell you what your flesh wants to hear. He's going to tell you to do something that is maybe uncomfortable for you. Amen. So one of the major keys for your to have impeccable faith for miracles is your obedience. Number two. You got to be specific what you want your miracle. What, what exactly do you want your miracle to be? What is it that you need God? To, I think, again, I said this earlier, God does not honor general faith. General faith gets nothing, but you got to have specific faith. People often say, I trust God. How many have heard that? I trust God. I'm trusting God. What does that mean? How are you trusting God? How are you trusting God? I trust God. I may have heard that. It's just that me. I've been to church a long time. I'm trusting God. Next time somebody says, how are you trusting God? Well, I'm just, it's, it's, almost, it's, it's a passive way of, it's a religious way of saying, I'm trusting God. What does that mean, trusting God? You do nothing? You trusting God, but you're doing nothing. That don't, that don't sound like the Bible. Faith without works is dead. <laughs> so what are you doing? I, I believe in God for this. How are you believing God for this? Because just because you say you trust in God doesn't mean you trust in him. I challenge it. Every time I hear that, and so I'll be like, what, what does that mean? You know, we trust in God for the finances. Well, what does that mean? How, how are you trusting God for your finances? I, I just believe everything's going to work out. Well, how, how, what do you mean? Well, what if things don't work out? You know, I'm trusting God for my marriage. Well, what, what are you doing for your marriage? What books are you reading about marriage? What, 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 what are you doing? Right? What are you doing naturally? I'm trusting God with my kid. What are you doing for your kid? Are you praying for him or her? Are you talking to them? Are you reminding them of what the word of God says? Right? I think, I think it's, 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 it's a lazy, lazy faith. 
That's what that is. It's lazy faith. I'm trusting God. You know, a general faith. Everything's going to work out. You know, all is well. well how do you know all is well? Because I'm applying the word. I, I'm, I'm casting my cares upon him. I'm, I'm not being anxious for anything, but everything by prayer. That's Philippians 4, 6. Be specific. Number two, I mean, number three. So the first one is obedience. Number two is be, be specific. Number three it's the word of God. You got to have the word of God. Romans 10, 17. Um, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. But I, I'm going to say something that it's not just hearing the Bible. We know the Bible is the word of God. Everybody said the Bible is. Come on, say it with some gusto. The Bible is God's word. And when I want to hear God's word, I need to study my Bible. Okay. So the word word in the Greek means rhema. Rhema means spoken word. So it's not just hearing the Bible, it's hearing the Spirit of God while you're reading the Bible. Mixing faith with what you're hearing. It's not just, I know a lot of people who read the Bible, study the Bible, even got the Bible on their app. I mean, have an app to read the Bible. But it doesn't mean that you're, you got faith. Faith comes from hearing the Lord while reading the Bible. It's the spoken word. It's, it's, it's the rhema. It's God illuminating the word of God to you while you're reading it. How many people you've known who you, they hear the, I mean, hear the gospel and nothing happens? But what happens when a person responds is because they heard the spirit of the Lord while the gospel was being preached to them. What scripture do you have? Today, if you're hearing his voice, harden not your heart. Salvation is yours today. Today is the day of salvation. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. It's not just hearing physically, but spiritually. Amen. So when you hear the word of God or the gospel, then faith comes. Faith comes from miracles because you hear about miracles. Hear the word behind the word. Glory to God. So be, be your obedience, be specific in the word of God. And this is a big one. You got to have the mercy in the grace of God. Hebrews chapter four, verse six. We're talking about impeccable faith for miracles. So you got to have your obedience. You got to be specific. You got to have the word of God. And number three, the mercy and grace of God. You cannot leave out the mercy and the grace of God for your miracle. Hebrews chapter four, verse 16 says this. It says for, um, uh, verse 16 says, let us then with confidence or boldness draw near to the throne of grace but we may receive mercy and find grace in a time of need. It reminds me of the, the blind man on the street. And he's like, he's like, he heard about Jesus coming. He says, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. And, the, and they told him, they rebuked him, told him to be quiet. And he yelled even more so, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. It is the mercies of God. It is the graces of God that we are able to have miracles. So God's mercy, let's say you messed up really bad, but God's mercy is available to perform the miracle. I'm telling you, if he can forgive you of your sins, he can perform the miracle that you're in need of. Perhaps you didn't do everything right. Perhaps you didn't eat right. Perhaps you didn't exercise. God's mercy will heal you. God's grace will heal you. Glory to God. If you throw yourself on the grace and the mercy of God, there will be a miracle happening in your life. If he can forgive you of your sins, he can heal your body. He can supernaturally provide for your family. He can give you wisdom beyond this world. God's grace and his mercy is available if we'll call upon him. Amen. 
I'm telling you, there's some mercy and some grace. He'll never run out of mercy. His mercy endures forever. That's the echo that you'll hear through the Psalms. His mercy endures forever. He'll outlast your sin. He'll outlast your bad mistakes. Oh, God, you made a mistake. So what? God's mercy is available. God's grace is available. I'm telling you, you'll tap into that grace and that mercy and it will create that miracle, that miracle that you need. Amen. Glory to God. My last scripture, Mark eleven twenty three, Mark eleven twenty three. Impeccable faith for miracles. The purest form of faith. You got to have your obedience. Faith demands obedience. What has he told you to do? Listening to the leadership of the spirit. What is the spirit of God leading you to do? What is the Spirit of God leading you to do? Perhaps it's, it's, it's to forgive someone. And God knows on the other side of that forgiveness is your miracle. On the other side of the forgiveness is your miracle. Faith does not work in an unforgiving heart. And if you forgive, there's a miracle attached to that forgiveness. When you're forgiving, I said this before, your hands are open to receive. You can't receive a miracle and you holding on grudges. Are you with me? There'll be no miracles in your marriage if you don't forgive. How much, how, how many times should you forgive your spouse? 70 times, seven per day, per the same situation. 490 times. <laughs> 490 times. You forgive that person over the, in other words, forgive them. You're not going to get anywhere in your marriage if you hold on forgiveness. Whether it's with your kid or with your animal or with your your co-workers or your boss or your comp or your, the company you work for, you got to forgive. Obedience. What did the Lord say in his word and what did he send by your spirit, by his spirit? What else? What did he tell you to do? He says, pray. He, maybe he told you to pray X amount of times a day. Have you been faithful? Perhaps he told you to study the scriptures X amount of times a day. Perhaps he told you to give a certain amount. Perhaps he told you, come on, to open your mouth and witness. What is it that he told you to do that you're not doing? That's where your miracle is. The last thing is um, you got to speak to the mountain. I, I, I think we have too many Christians with closed mouths. Nothing happens with a closed mouth. Mark eleven twenty three. You should know this. And Jesus said... Verse 22, Jesus answered them, have faith in God. And truly I say to you, he didn't tell, notice it didn't say that God, see some Christians in some circles, they're waiting on God to speak to the mountain. God, I just want you to speak to death. I want you to speak to the sickness. Let's look at this. Mark eleven twenty three. truly I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but, but believes that what he says shall come to pass, will come to pass. It will be done for him. So he says, whoever say to this mountain, mountain representing problems, issues, you know, when the last time you begin to speak to your mountains? I think we allow our mountains to do more speaking to us than we speak to it. I, I never forget this. We were, um, our house, were the value of our house was underwater. We, we actually owe more of the house than what it was valuable or value, the value of it. And I began to take out 
all the bills, and I began to speak to the mountain. I began to speak to the house. I say, in the name of Jesus, I command the value of this property to, to come up in Jesus' name. And, and I wasn't selfish with it. And I said, not only this property, but every property around here. In the name of Jesus, I command. And it took, everybody say days, days. Months, months, years. Years. And a few years ago, we realized that the value had went up. I spoke to it. And also, I began to speak to my debt. I said, in the name of Jesus, I come, my, my student loans, I said, in the name of Jesus, I command, pay, the student loans paid off in Jesus' name. And just this past May, $57,000 of what I spoke years ago manifested, totally forgiven. Totally forgiven. Come on. I'm telling you, it worked. I don't know about it. You haven't tried it long enough. Let it try you. Let it work you out. If we don't try the word, the word works us out. It tries us. The word tries us. There was a, a, a couple, you, you believe it or not, but there was a couple, they were featuring a, a, a faith magazine, and, and, and the baby was born without a brain. <laughs> uh, and, and, the, and, and the parents began to confess a brain 2,000 times a day, and began to declare it in Jesus' name. And do you know that God created the brain? Glory to God. I'm telling you, how desperate are you for your miracle? You got to say it, not in front of the pastor. I've seen so many people go to the early grave and they say all the right stuff in front of the pastor. Oh, by Jesus stripes on hill. Oh, I believe God, pastor. And as soon as I leave, you know, this thing going to kill me. <laughs> I've seen it again and again and again. I talked to the relatives. What, did, what was he saying when I left? He was saying, ah, he didn't want to get out. He want to get out of here. <laughs> but as I, as, as I was around, he was telling me all the right stuff that he thought I want to hear. I said, if you want to go home and be with the Lord, we can pray and quickly. He can just take you. <laughs> I mean, I didn't tell him that, but I, I wanted to. You know, it's like, hey, it, don't, don't say this for my sake. And I'm telling you, you got to confess the word of God. You got to speak to the mountain. I got recently, I got a bad report about my body. All right, don't look at me strange. <laughs> the doctor gave me a bad report. Guess what I did this morning? I got up and started speaking to the problem. I, I'm doing what I need to do naturally, but I'm also speaking to the problem. Some of y'all, what is it? What is it? Okay, you want to know? Not in your business. No, just kidding. Just kidding. So what happened is, you know, they, they, had, they found fluid on my knee, and they took about seven to eight syringes of, of fluid off my knee, and then they gave me um, some, some steroids to, since they said, we're going to make your African trip, your Uganda trip really nice. And they put the little steroids in it, and I felt nothing while I was in Africa. I was like, oh, glory to God. I said, I'm going to France, too. They said, it might not last that long. <laughs> I was like, this is the devil. <laughs> well, I ain't not going to last that long. And then all of a sudden, they said, you know, we, what we see is we see arthritis in your knee. I said, well, I'm too young to have arthritis. But the Lord showed me something. For years, when I was having issues with my lungs and in and out of the hospital, my, I, I was taking that, that steroids for my lungs. And the Lord showed me that those steroids was affecting my bones. And it aged my bones in a way that it was never supposed to be. And so, um, you know, I was feeling, you know, just stuff in my knee. And I just like, I woke up and I was just like, man, this is, this is the devil. This is not a well day. And so I was like, in the name of Jesus, I command this, just speaking to it. You got to speak to the situation. Why sit there and, and allow affliction to be in your body? God has given us authority to speak to the mountain. Do you think that this is just mere words? He expects us to obey this. 
whosoever speaks to the mountain. So you tell that mountain, whether it's, 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 it's a spot on your body, whether it's headaches or, 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 or financial, or, you know, you, you, you got um, recently, um, you know, maybe you got a situation where you need some favor. Um, um, you know, the township of Willenberg wants to put me in prison, I'm prison jail uh, for my driveway. I mean, just it's just all kinds of, and, and, and they was like, you got to show up in court, virtual court. I said, I'm in Africa. I'm not showing up for court. I can't. And Lord, and I said, Lord, I'm tired of this. Give me favor. And they pushed it all the way out. And I'm telling you, that's a favor of God. I started speaking to them. I said, in the name of Jesus, this is ridiculous. They trying to, I mean, everybody's else's neighbor, driveway's jacked up, but mine looked good. The guy came out and looked at it. Oh, there's nothing wrong with it. I said, they trying to charge me, like make me do this. Anyway, and, and the Lord's like, repent, honor authority, take care of it, and, and believe me for favor. And I, and I started doing it, and guess what? They gave me favor. Amen? You got to speak to the situation. Open up your mouth. Nothing happens if you don't say nothing. Let me say it again. This is going to catch you on the way home. Nothing will happen if you don't say anything. You got to speak to your situation. In the name of Jesus. Give me an example. Example may be, let's say, arthritis in the knee. In the name of Jesus, I command this arthritis to leave my knee. I thank you, Lord, for the Spirit of the Lord quickening my mortal body, causing a healing and a cure and miracles in my knee. Where there is arthritis. Oh, author, you got to go. Arthritis, get out of here in Jesus' name. I speak to you and I command you to go. How long do you say until it leaves? How long do you say? If it takes 2,000 times a day, if I have to say it for the next six months, thank God, I'm speaking the word. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm here. Jesus bore my sickness. He carried my pain. He carried my, I thank you that this pain has no right. It is illegal to be in my body. Amen. If I can get more patience, have more patience than the devil, I'll win every time. And if I can stand there and I keep saying the same confessions, I call myself free. I call my house paid off in Jesus. I call my car paid off in Jesus' name. I call the student loans canceled in Jesus' name. I, in the name of Jesus, I got wisdom and I got favor. And then whatever he tells you to do in the midst of your confession, you do it and watch miracles start happening all around you. Nothing happens if you don't say anything. Nothing happens if you don't do anything. If you sit back and just whatever is it, whatever is it, whatever, nothing's going to happen. This next year, you'll be... Still be in the same way. Interest, own that debt. Interest, more interest. More. You got to say something. You got to say, speak, speak to it. I, if you're a business person, walk, the, walk your floor. In the name of Jesus, I call myself, I have wisdom. Jesus is the, my business pro, pro, pro partner. I thank you, Lord, that Jesus leads me and guides me. He's the financial advisor. He leads me and guides me. I have wisdom as it relates to this, this, this business in Jesus' name. I thank you for leading me and guiding me. Well, it's the classroom. I, I take authority over all the spirits. I have favor with all these students in Jesus' name. I declare in the name of Jesus, they love me. They can't help but love me. Even my enemies, the Lord, make peace with me in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. I praise you. Come on. You got to say it. You got to keep saying 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 it. Don't call your kid bad. I call you blessed. I call you healed. I call you delivered. I call you free. I call you a man of God, a woman of God. I call in Jesus' name. You will serve God. I declare it. I decree in Jesus' name. How often do you say it? Until you see it manifest. You're a world changer. Boy, you're going to change the world. I'm not even changing my world. You're going to change the world in Jesus' name. And, and everything that is contrary to what you're saying will show up. But you keep saying it. You keep declaring it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for wisdom. 
I have wisdom. You declare, you, you access what God has given you through Christ. Amen. I'm going to let y'all go, but I want to encourage you today. There's miracles that God wants to perform in your life. Miracles. Today. Amen. And the moment you say it, it's the moment it starts working. Let me tell you, let me give you an example from the scriptures. Mark 11, Jesus went to the fig tree. It wasn't producing any fruit. He cursed it. The moment he cursed it is the moment it started dying. So the cancer that's working in your body, the moment you declare that it's dead in the name of is the moment it started dying. The moment I start speaking to the arthritis in the knee and the moment it started lining up in Jesus' name. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not working. It's working when you're sleeping. It's working when you're up and down. As you declare the word of God, the Holy Spirit goes to work. Angels go to work when you declare the word of God. Jesus, the Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. And as we declare certain things, Jesus, the high priest, causes those things to come to pass. I thank you, Lord, for blessing our church with houses and lands, lands and buildings. Well, we don't, we got the two front, three front, three buildings, three suites. It's a storefront. But do you don't, what you don't know, the Holy Spirit is years ahead of us preparing the lands and the buildings. I get tired. We just keep saying the same thing and we're not seeing it. If you keep saying it, you'll see it. Amen. You keep saying it, you'll see it. I thank you, Lord, for bonuses and raises and commissions. I don't even have a commission job. You don't know what the future holds. God can get more money than you got the ability to work it in Jesus' name. You're depending on your job. God got some, some other ways to bless you. Yeah, yeah. Miracles. 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 They belong to you. Jesus died to give you those miracles. Why, why waste his death only for the sins of, your, of yourself? God wants to do more in your life than forgive you of your sins. If that's the case, why not die and go right to heaven right as soon as you die? Victory belongs to us. And we can have it all. We can have it all. We can walk in victory, walk in who we are in Christ. We can dominate this area in our lives. We can create our world. Dreams. I dare you to dream. And put God's word on it. And watch it come to pass. Watch it come to pass. This day. Start working on it this day. Put your natural and get your super. God's super on your natural and watch God do the miraculous. Amen. Father God, we thank you. We praise you. Come on, let's praise God for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Miracles. You're the God of miracles. I'm going to tell you, my knee, feels, my knee feels a whole lot better now than it did when I came. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Losing the weight is part of the getting me right, right? Uh-huh. Me eating right, staying away from that dairy helps the knee. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Okay, not too much. <laughs> uh, have some ice cream today. Right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm serious. I'm serious. Uh, <laughs> but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you do the natural and you do the spiritual. And what God calls a creative explosion in your life. Natural. See, the world can get out of debt. But God can get you out of debt quicker. <laughs> the world can give you some knowledge, right. but God has all knowledge. Yes. And he can do it. He can, what, what would cause be years, he can do it in a matter of months, days, even seconds. Yes. I'm telling you, 
Don't limit, don't shortchange the power of God in your life. God is willing and he's able. He, he wants to do the miraculous. Let, let us be the ones that the world and even some of the body of Christ envy. God is always doing something. God is all, come on, declare. God is always working. God is always doing something in my life. He's always doing something. He's always working. He's working on my problems. He's working on my marriage. He's working on my mind. He's working on my money. He's working on my kids. He's working on my dreams. <coughs> yeah. God, God is working. Waymaker, miracle worker. Are we just singing these songs? Do we really believe he's a way maker? He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. He would perform miracles where, where there is a need for miracles. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is a miracle worker. And he's our miracle worker. Amen. God is our miracle worker. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 1854, Perth Amboy, New Jersey 08862. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email. The address is partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to his word. Until next time, God bless you.